This week we've got a bonus episode which is just 35 minutes long. It's the second part of my conversation with Robin from last week's episode, episode 11, because it was the first time I'd actually ever met Robin and we ended up talking for about two hours and I recorded way too much. In this episode we're talking about Instagram censorship, shadow banning and feeling out of place in queer spaces as a femme presenting person. Message me on Instagram telling me your favourite queer photographers because I feel like I'm out of the loop since I left art school and I always like finding new people to follow. Follow the podcast on Instagram at the Bisexual Agenda Pod. Send me all of your dilemmas and any gossip you have, really. I love talking to you guys. And follow me on Spotify. Also, I will personally send good vibes your way if you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts because it makes me very happy and it also means that people can find the podcast because Steve Jobs himself promotes me. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you like it and I will see you next week. Do you want to talk about Instagram? Yeah, okay. Are they trying to ruin your life? <laughs> they are, 100%. <laughs> They're always trying to ruin my life. Um, so They're I... ruining my life by always yeah. knowing who I have a crush on and putting them at the fucking <laughs> top. The right They're like, front. do you want to watch their story the second they post oh it? God, I'm like, well, now I, now I look a bit fucking keen <laughs> yeah. because I'm the first person to view their story every day. <laughs> no, one of my exes is my first person on that. And I'm like, we don't get on anymore. <laughs> I know the worst thing is when you break up with someone and they're the top of all your things and you're like can I speak to Mark and tell him (laughs) please Facebook yeah like move him down a little bit (laughs) yeah no um so I have had a bunch of issues with shadow banning Mm -hmm. and photos being deleted and Mm -hmm. things like that the majority of it is the female presenting nipples issue Mm -hmm. issue um because most of the people that I photograph in age of the aren't cis women mm-hmm. a lot of them are non-binary mm-hmm. and the whole guidelines they're set up to not work because you yeah. can't have guidelines that are based on whether something's one gender yeah. or the other you know you can't be like oh it's fine if a man does this but it's not fine if a woman does this yeah it's it's so deeply transphobic also, it's like, are you going around checking with the person? Hey, so can you tell me your gender so we know whether to delete this photo? Yeah, they just exactly. kind of like do um, whatever they feel. Yeah, and it's it's transphobic, it's sexist, it's it's not doing anything good for anybody. And but also, f- there's still porn on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. There's always going to be porn on the internet. Yeah, but one of my main issues, um, I was first shadow banned when I was in Paris looking at the. Uh, the Paris Photo Fair, mm-hmm. which is a massive, massive building full of different photographers' work. Um, some of it's contemporary, some of it's mm-hmm. really old. And I was reposting, like I was just taking photos of it and putting it on my Instagram story just to have it and use it as references in the future. Mm-hmm. And one of the photos that got deleted from my story was one of Edward Weston's nude photos. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about it. I wrote my whole, um, like, one of my college essays about that photo. Mm-hmm. 
it's 227N, um, which is one of the most famous nudes. Mm -hmm. And I posted that photo and it got deleted straight away. There's no nipples in it. There's no genitals in it whatsoever. Her face isn't even in it. Mm -hmm. And then... I've never heard of someone's story being deleted. Yeah. But I'd posted a couple more stories of photographer's work that did Mm -hmm. have, like, boobs in it and stuff like that. Things that could be deemed, like, explicit imagery, I guess. But they were all from these, like, really, really world-renowned photographers. Honestly, it's like, Instagram, haven't you been to fucking art school? Yeah, exactly. Don't you know that this is fine art? Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, I'm trying to start out as a beginner photographer Mm. and sharing all of these photos by, like, people that have been in galleries for years. Yeah. And then I'm not allowed to repost their work because I'm in a position of, I don't know, like, a lesser status, I guess, as a photographer. Mm. Whereas the official Instagram account for Paris Photo shared the exact same photos that I did and they stayed up um, which annoyed me quite a bit mm. but it's it's one of those things like how am I meant to gain recognition as a photographer in order to get myself on the same walls as these people mm-hmm. while I'm still being shut down by Instagram also the problem is like with the shadow banning it's not like they send you a message being like yeah. this image has broken the guidelines they just kind of like make you impossible to find on instagram yeah exactly which like, is so fucked up because a lot of the time you wouldn't know if that happened because like yeah. my friend like told me to follow like a hairdresser on instagram and when i typed in like their username they were like the 10th person on the list yeah um the way that they shadow banned me was they removed all of the links from all of the tags that people had put on my photos and also they made it impossible to find my account without typing in my whole at name and so I was getting messages from people because I was still uploading photos from um Age of the Nut okay mm-hmm. it was and they was they were messaging me like why can't I find you um I got one message when it like made sense to me mm-hmm. from Becky actually mm-hmm. and she messaged me she went um I think you've been shadow banned yeah so I like I thought oh my god what is that so I googled about <laughs> I thought what is this is this it's permanent so fucked. it's really fucked because I was reading yeah. about it and there's all these lists of hashtags that are banned yeah and like the hashtag woman is banned and the hashtag <laughs> women is banned and like the hashtag curvy is banned yeah yeah no there's a there's a Obviously- bunch that I used to tag my photos with that sort of put me on like a watch thing I guess oh my god um, it's very fucked yeah but since I got shadow banned for my stories, mm-hmm. for the re-uploading, like, classic photos. Mm-hmm. They then combed through my Instagram page, and I got a notification they saying got the CIA that, like, on it. Yeah, like, 15 <laughs> of my photos had been shut down for violating the it's algorithm. Fucked. I think only three of them actually had visible nipples in them. Mm-hmm. Like, there was one of a close-up of someone wearing underwear, mm-hmm. and they were like, this is sexually explicit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, they're wearing full underwear. Yeah, a there lot of, like... There are photos the same as this on people's accounts. Yeah, because I follow... There's a podcast called Fuck's Given, and they have, like, a YouTube and an Instagram called yeah. Come Curious, and it's all, like, sex educational stuff. And they posted, like, a picture of pubes, but it was literally just, like, a close-up shot. Yeah. And it's been removed, like, three times. And it's, like... Yeah. There, the post is basically just like, here's how to shave without fucking up your whole vagina. And yeah. it's like, that's actually information that like not people need. <laughs> but then you've got, like, it's it's hair. You've got photos mm. of, like, hairdressers and the backs of people's heads. It's mm. it's no different. Yeah. It's also just like, it's really easy to put on a filter to be like, you know those things that say like, click to say you're 18 or over? Yeah, definitely. Basically, they don't want to introduce that because it costs too much money. That's so stupid. They have so much money. <laughs> Whereas it could just... Because if they want 
obviously like I'm like over 18 I don't yeah. mind seeing a nipple on Instagram yeah but they could also have like you know sometimes you can have it where it blurs an image and then you can choose whether to see it yeah they could do something where they blurred images and like said what the content was yeah to see like if you wanted to see that um I got speaking to another group of people um when I was in Paris I was still like absolutely fuming like, <laughs> It was the only thing I was talking about. I was really pissing everyone off around Just me. pissed off in Paris. Because yeah. <laughs> all of my mates were like, we get it, you've been shadow banned, shut <laughs> But um, we went to a photo book fair um, called Offprint, where mm. basically there's a bunch of publishers just sat in a big square around mm. the room. And I was looking for the ones that had, like, more, like, sexual imagery mm. in them. And I got speaking to a publishing company called Paperwork New York. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it's run by, but there was a guy there sort of representing it, I mm-hmm. guess. And he was saying that his he's been shadow banned that many times on Instagram that I think that's why the publishing company was made mm-hmm. to like elevate people that do make work that's more explicit, that can't yeah. be shown on social media. Yeah. Um, there was a photographer sat next to him called Yana Toba, mm-hmm. who um, her work, there is some of it on Instagram, mm-hmm. but obviously she takes more like revealing photos outside of that mm-hmm. but she photographs ballerinas and um, that are sort of held in the position in bondage mm-hmm. which obviously is really risky to have an instagram anyway mm-hmm. but i think they're all wearing like nude bodysuits or yeah. they are naked and you can't see like mm-hmm. like genitals or anything mm-hmm. um but she was saying like i think she only had like 200 instagram followers like she was selling more books and she had followers mm-hmm. and i think she went through the publishing agency and just speaking to them about Shadow Bannon and how much it can actually wreck your career yeah. was, it was just really insightful. And I think it just fueled me to be more angry about it. <laughs> it's like scary for me because obviously I have like a podcast where I'm saying bisexual all the fucking time and I yeah. want to tag stuff with that. And it's like the hashtag bi is banned. Mm. So I can't use that. And I'm yeah. like, am I going to get banned for like tagging my content as having like lgbt stuff in it when i just want queer people to find my podcast yeah and like i've used like the word dyke in my titles and i'm like i'm worried that's gonna get me banned because like holly's post was removed because she like had dyke on hers yeah no i i reposted one of holly's posts Mm -hmm. um she was looking for work i think it was like a who wants like a loudmouth dyke presenter Mm -hmm. um but she typed out the word dyke. It was there in a text box mm-hmm. on hers. But I'd screenshotted that and then reposted mm-hmm. it. So there was no actual imposed text on the image. Mm-hmm. It was just what was, like, at that point still in the photo. Mm-hmm. And that still got taken down for hate speech. And I was like, I've the not even is, typed that. There's, like, it's really a big issue for, like, queer things. Because obviously, like, a lot of people are reclaiming slurs. Yeah. And it's, like... Yes, if someone's calling someone a dyke and they're being homophobic, take it down. If yeah. the person says, hey, this person's being homo- homophobic to me and reports it. But, like, if something isn't being reported, don't take it down just because yeah, it has, exactly. a, like, a reclaimed slur on it. Because also, yeah. like, from... If they have... I think it's, like, is it AI or is it people? Yeah. It seems like it is people from what you've said about yours. Because if they then, like, checked your account... Yeah. And it's, like, images that only slightly have things on. It's, like they're looking at the stuff and they're still deciding to delete it and it's because like they're homophobic because i've had stuff with like on facebook i've like reported stuff that's transphobic i've reported stuff that's racist it always comes back saying it doesn't violate the guidelines yeah no i've i've got so i'm like does a real person review this or not because it's so frustrating because there's no option to be like 
no, look at it again, get a real person to look at it, yeah. because it is, like, hate speech, it is this, this, this. It's very, like, political, the stuff they choose to take down, like, it's affecting, like, queer people, like, way more than, like, yeah, big definitely. brands. Like, I also follow, like, a indie, like, underwear place called Playful Promises, and they, like, have been banned, so their hashtag doesn't show yeah. up. And obviously that's, like, really fucking them over, because if people want to tag them and, like, stuff they've bought, no one can see it. Yeah. And it's, like, their underwear brand that, like, has trans models, has, like, people of colour, has, like, elderly models, has, like, disabled models, and it's, like, they're actually an inclusive brand. Yeah. And no one can find them. And it's, like, all the big brands can post whatever they want. Yeah, and most of their sort of advertising, I guess, like, I've seen, I know of the brand, Mm -hmm. most of their advertising comes from people, Mm. like, reviewing the products and posting the photos on Instagram. Yeah. If their guidelines are, like, no visible nipples or whatever, and people are posting pictures in underwear that are getting taken down, it's yeah. like, okay, so that's not the issue. Yeah, I think um, I think the censorship, I'm, I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, don't No one knows it. what it is. Yeah. No one knows what the guidelines mean. But I think it could be a weird 50-50 between, like, AI algorithm and mm. people. I think the AI sort of detect the base level stuff, and then... In, in my case, with my story, I had, like, three or four photos on there that mm-hmm. that were, like, breaking the rules, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I think they do get a person to go through and be like, this is bad. This the is fucking, bad. like, this nipple police. Imagine yeah. that being your job. Imagine being like, being hey, what'd you do? You're like, police. oh, I fucking ruin people's lives on Instagram yeah. by deleting all their photos. Mm. <laughs> like, okay, it, was, it was really refreshing, though, to be in Paris and see all of the, the photo books and mm. the things of stuff that, like, is censored on social media Mm. because that's the way that people get up these days that's the way that like people get recognized Mm -hmm. and if you're trying to make it as like like me like a burlesque Mm -hmm. uh, photographer photographer Mm -hmm. um, like a drag photographer Mm -hmm. it's a lot harder than like I don't know people think it is yeah because you can't get to the like you can't get any recognition Mm -hmm. because you're being censored in what you originally post anyway which sucks it (laughs) does suck Please don't censor us Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't shut this podcast down, please. <laughs> I know. I'm worried I'm going to have to start, like, hand, like, delivering the podcast yeah. to people. Just mail it out like a newsletter every month. <laughs> Just, like, every time I see someone with a shaved head, be like, hey, are you gay? Do you want to listen to my hey. podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's how it is with art in general, though. Like, the art industry likes to think it's more, like, inclusive than it actually is. Like, high art's dominated by cis, like, rich, white, old men who, they just want as much money as they physically can. Mm-hmm. Like, an art as an investment is, like, I, I don't like it. I think it feels really disingenuous. Oh, yeah. It means artists are just banging out work that they think's going to do well. And I read this article the other day um, called How the Art Market Thrives on Inequality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in the New York Times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was really interesting, but it was more about financial in, like financial inequality. So um, Orange, Red and Yellow by Mark Rothko mm-hmm. sold for 87 million. Yeah. Um, and that's in dollars. I don't know how much that translates into pounds, but that it's one of those pieces of art where people are like my kid could do that. And it's just like <laughs> a big painting with literally squares that are orange, red and yellow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, it takes away so much from people that are starting out in art. It just, it makes everything a whole lot more difficult. I think at this point, um, in the article they mentioned that like really highly expensive art is literally just people going, look, I've got this much money that I can spend mm. on this. 
Yeah, well, it's also like spending it. in the art world, like it's all about making a name for yourself because once yeah. you have a name for yourself, you can be paid because it's a blah, blah, blah. like yeah. it's a Rothko, so it's eight billion. Yeah. But like when you're trying to make a name for yourself and you're not getting paid for any of your work and like magazines are putting you in the magazine but they're not paying you, yeah, and exactly. Instagram is like banning you. It's like it's mm. very difficult to actually get to that point if you're not already in like an art circle. Yeah. It's like there was there was another thing I read, I can't remember the title of it or where mm. it was or anything, but it was basically about how much it was like the statistics of how much better off you are if you're an artist with rich parents versus mm-hmm. if you're an artist that like I hate the term came up from nothing, but came <laughs> up from nothing. <laughs> like if you sort of just started painting or just mm-hmm. picked up a camera one day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's about opportunities, I guess, mm-hmm. and having, like, the money anyway is mm-hmm. so much easier. But, like, the financial inequality thing, I think, feeds into, like, gender equality and sexuality inequality. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, the big thing in art, I know my mum says it a lot, it's very, like, you have to make something that nobody's seen before. Mm-hmm. But that only really translates into, like, art made by cis men. Because if they do something out of the box, well, also, it's like revolutionary. Art has actually been done. Yeah, it's actually exactly. like you have to make you either have to make something that people want to see. Yeah. Or someone just decides that you're like the next big thing. Yeah, exactly. Because actually, it's like, do people actually like Damien Hirst's work? Oh my god, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Uh, you know, it's like, and the public, like, I don't know, the public don't like it. But like, when there's an yeah. exhibition, everyone's always going like, this is trash, this is just a shark, kind yeah, of But everyone's still going. Yeah, but also <laughs> it's like, he's getting like an exhibition at the Tate and getting yeah. paid like however much to have that on. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just a shame that there's like so much less variety. But that's why I like thought the uh, Kiss My Genders exhibition that was like at the South South Bank Centre in London was like so cool because it had like thirty queer artists, like loads of them were trans. This is something that you don't normally see. Like barely ever happens. I just think they need to move away from doing like solo shows. It. I think it's much better to have like a show where you have a couple of people that will like bring people in and like big names that people know, and then have some people that are like just starting out because yeah. at that exhibition I saw like some work by this girl I can't remember her second name but her first name is Martine but she's like a trans woman and she lives in New York and she basically like has made herself famous she made like an arts magazine and she did everything yeah. she was like the model the photographer she put it together that's cool and it was like fucking sick yeah now she's in an exhibition in London and it's like that she's actually incredible. not she's like not well known but she also is but she's famous on the internet yeah so it's like if instagram decided to ban her that would have never happened yeah and it's just i think it's like also stop like putting all the focus on people who are fucking dead like yeah, they're not making any money out of this it like i don't know having an exhibition a solo exhibition of someone that's already dead i don't think is beneficial at all to anyone (laughs) it's like okay great but let's see something that we would never see if we didn't come to this exhibition because it's like everyone i guess it's cool to see like work that you've seen loads and see it in real life like that is cool but i think we need to get some like queers in the like top dog positions and like (laughs) weed our way up somehow but like um i run the lgbt society at Mm -hmm. my uni as well that's cool and I've been trying to push with the union, basically an exhibition made by mm-hmm. queer artists in the uni. Mm-hmm. 
because like it's our uni there's a lot of people in all there the gays are there <laughs> but there's a lot less of them that are actually involved in the society and mm-hmm. I think first of all it'd be nice to get everyone out there mm-hmm. and just like put work out there because I know we were thinking of using the middle room in Morph Chambers which is a huge room mm-hmm. it's like a really good space to put art mm-hmm. in it's really light and nice but I was thinking just if you can get people in there first of all it makes like with the Kiss My Genders exhibition, mm-hmm. it's it's a relief like seeing art from queer artists and it yeah. being accessible and just a nice little place mm-hmm. for people to go. And it, yeah, I think I think that's what people need. But also like following the like queer arts too out of the box and the mm-hmm. art market isn't as like inclusive as it thinks it is mm-hmm. and wants to be. People of like people at my uni, which is one of the top arts unis in the country, have just resigned themselves to not doing what the like what they've studied mm. like I I'm the same I can't see myself being a photographer once mm-hmm. I've done with my degree mm-hmm. I'll keep doing photography in the way that I am doing mm-hmm. like I'll keep doing the shows but realistically I'm gonna have to get like a real person job mm-hmm. because I don't have the foundation yet that I guess I should have as a photographer I think it's like one in a million <clears throat> people actually have that yeah and it's like it's really crazy because like a lot of the people that we know that are doing creative things also have like two other jobs and I'm just like yeah. how the fuck do they have the time and the energy to do that and it's like mm. really sad that a lot of the time they're like making hardly any money from it yeah well, that's the thing like I I'm aware of how lucky I am from making money from mm-hmm. it I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it probably at the same rate I'm gonna do it and mm-hmm. making like 50 pound a month isn't a viable way to live so I do have to <laughs> I get another job <laughs> yeah like go for it I wish that that was a thing but it's really not I think the sad thing is like we're still in a position where like queer people have to make their own space and it has to be explicitly queer and queer only and obviously that's great I love going to queer only things but the generic mainstream things only view like queer art as a side thing yeah Um, maybe would do like that exhibition is the only like queer focused exhibition I've ever seen yeah definitely it's like it's crazy that it's not being elevated as much because so many people in the art world are queer yeah and like you don't have to be making art about queer issues all the time Mm. I think a lot of straight people are kind of like oh that's like queer stuff and only queer people like it and like the straight people can't handle it and it's too weird for them yeah and it's it's like like boxing it off in that way and not like making it publicly visible and like accessible just means that people can't actually find it yeah like if someone lives in Leeds right now and they don't know what Wolf Chambers is they're like not gonna see any queer shit yeah yeah it's it's about accessibility and like I don't know about distancing like queerness from the artist it's something that's always going to be present in the work and Mm -hmm. if people are analyzing it it's always something that's going to be brought up Mm -hmm. but like David Hockney, I don't know if he's completely gay or anything like that. <laughs> Fucking, it's one of the things, again, I'm not looking the most into it. But not all of his work is about, like, men. Mm-hmm. It's not all about being gay. <laughs> it's just some of the things are. Yeah. Like, I think it's just, like, <clears throat> let artists be, like... It's really important for, like, queer people to, like, know that some of their, like, favourite artists are gay, so they have, yeah. like, role models. Yeah. But it's also, like stop acting like lgbt is like its own category that only like queer people are interested in because it's like this is why like straight people don't have a fucking clue what's going on it's like in like if you are queer you are going to want to make art about it but Mm. not all queer people have to be these like massive activists about it you can Mm -hmm. be queer and be quiet at the same time Mm -hmm. and i think the art world makes it pretty hard to do that Mm-hmm. Cause the first thing, well, it's, it's not the main reason, but in uni, I don't do that many like that many things about 
queer like issues because I don't want the only thing to be like this is Robin she's a lesbian it's like this is Robin she does other things (laughs) like she's not just gay (laughs) she does like some cool art as well (laughs) but like obviously that's died down a bit with all of my work with the drag stuff Mm -hmm. and it's more like front and center of why I'm doing Mm -hmm. but like I do other stuff (laughs) yeah I think it's one of those really tricky things where it's like (laughs) yeah it's hard to find a balance it's like you don't want like to be viewed in like a weird like exoticizing way by like straight people being like oh you're making gay art yeah I don't want to be like the token lesbian photographer I think that's why I like working at Wharf Mm because I'm not just like oh this is Robin she's a lesbian this is Robin she works with us it's like everyone's a lesbian yeah Yeah, it's like everyone here is some sort of queer (laughs) I think it's difficult because like obviously to you like your queerness isn't a narrative that you're applying to everything in your life it just is how it is yeah exactly like I don't know like I'm not Obviously, I'm not silent on the issue. I'm still very, like, out about it. From being, like... I like, I spent my whole childhood being, like, in a wheelchair and being, like, the kid that goes to hospital all the time. Mm-hmm. And just wanting to blend in has been a thing that's been, like, very mm-hmm. prevalent in my whole, like, childhood life. Mm-hmm. Like, up to being about... Well, I guess up to when I came out. I was like, right, I just want to be a normal person. <laughs> I was like, right, no, gay now. <laughs> Let's make that the weird thing. <laughs> and, yeah, I think... I'm still in, like, two halves about it, of being, like, I just want to fit in and just do this, like... Mm. I just want to be a passable little normal gay. And then Mm. being, like, right, let's talk about everything. Let's bring up all these queer issues and and all that. It's, like, we're in a really weird time at the moment where there is, like, more, like, visibly queer stuff around. And, like, there is stuff in, like, mainstream magazines and, like, TV. But it's, like they're trying to pigeonhole in it in a certain way and like obviously like RuPaul is super popular but like there's no way that like there's going to be like an alternative queer drag show like anytime soon yeah no it's it's like there is there's Dragula there's things like that but Dragula is not the same level of popularity that RuPaul's Drag Mm -hmm. Race is because RuPaul's Drag Race is more palatable towards straight people it's Mm -hmm. less out there it's less like weird and I guess high camp like it's mm-hmm. it still can be but then you get queens like like Sasha Valore, I guess the mm-hmm. like pushing the the like gender issues mm-hmm. into mainstream media which is insane that's so good and I think it comes as a bit of a shock if you are a straight person watching like a straight cis person watching RuPaul's Drag Race The whole treating gay people like a bit of a spectacle. It's it's the whole like a group of straight women going to Pride to look at the people in cool yeah. costumes. Or like the hem party that goes to like a gay bar. Yeah. And obviously it's great have straight people in queer spaces if they're gonna respect the area. But mm-hmm. if you get a group of straight people like thinking that being in a gay bar is like a zoo, it's mm. it's not gonna help anybody. Yeah. Like, people want to be integrated. <laughs> people just want to have a fun time. Mm. Yeah, and it's also, like, please don't make, like, the only safe space yeah. that we have actually not safe yeah, anymore. Yeah, just respect the place. Mm-hmm. Um, G-A-Y in Manchester, um, it's been an issue for the last, like, mm-hmm. at least the last, like, five years. That the, like, the time I've been going has been in the last, like, two, two and a half years mm-hmm. of them... They don't explicitly say it, but everyone knows that they're doing it. And it's basically like, are you gay enough to be in here? And as someone, they they sort of disguise it as a, 
like a members and regulars only policy. Mm. But I used to go there every Tuesday night. Mm. And then I went back on a Saturday and there was a different bouncer and they went, you're not allowed in, you're not a regular. And I went, well, I do. I come here every Tuesday. Like, mm. I'm here all the time. And then he went, well, you don't, you know, you don't look like the type of person that comes here. And I was like, I'm femme presenting, but I'm still gay. Mm-hmm. Like, I was with one of my mates who, um, like, he is gay, but he comes across as straight passing mm-hmm. because he's not, like, the stereotypical image of being a gay man. Mm-hmm. And it, it just felt really disheartening. It's like, where, you know, this is a space that I felt comfortable with since, you know, 10 and 18, since mm-hmm. going out. Yeah. And now, like, <clears throat> I feel like I have to, um, I don't know, like, present myself in a different way in order to be allowed into a space. Yeah. Where I should be allowed to present That's, like, <laughs> a very insane policy to have. Yeah. Like, I think it's very difficult, because obviously there's no way to be, like, this is a gay bar and you have to be gay to come here, because you can't yeah. check if people are gay, it's not, like, on yeah, their exactly. passport. But it's also, like, the space you create will attract the right kind of people. Yeah. But it's, I think that's also the problem with, like, all the gay bars in Leeds. Mm. They're full of, like, gay men. So gay women don't feel comfortable there. Yeah. So they don't go there. There's, so there's, there's like... one club in Manchester called Vanilla, um, which is a lesbian club. Mm-hmm. And it's the only lesbian club that I'm aware of. I've been in there once. Mm-hmm. And I was with a bunch of, like, my friends that were guys. Because mm-hmm. so I, I went out with them. There were no, mm-hmm. like... I don't know, I was just out with guys. They let us all in. Mm-hmm. There must have been, like, four or five women in there, including me, out of the whole bar. Yeah. And I said to this guy, I was like, oh, this is a, this is a lesbian bar, why are you here? And he was like, oh, it's just, I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny to be here. And I'm like, okay, but, like... That's mm. so fucked. It's really sad. Like, I really wish there was more gay spaces yeah. for women, because yeah. it's, like the reason I didn't go out for ages is because I don't like being around men when I go yeah, out. Exactly. And, like, even gay men, like, I went to Viaduct once and, like, a gay guy, like, groped me and yeah, was like, I, oh, it's fine because I'm gay. And I was yeah, like... it's like there's no attraction there. It's like, yeah, it's still harassing It's like, though. great, now I'm getting harassed by just different men. Yeah. And it's like, it would be so cool if there was, like, a women, like, focused space in Leeds, but it's also, yeah. like, it's fucking expensive to have a bar... And only allow a certain amount of people in, which mm. then it's then a similar issue. But mm. and also then it could turn into like if it was ran by like the wrong people or the bouncers were dicks, it could then turn into like a horrible transphobic thing. Yeah, where they're being like, oh, you don't look like a woman, we can't let you in. Yeah, and which it's is just like awful. There's basically not even like a lesbian night apart from like Dyke Chambers, yeah. and that's like one year old. Yeah, yeah, no, Dyke Chambers is still a baby. But, like, not to keep bringing everything back to Paris, but, oh, my God. (laughs) We went out um, the first night we were in Paris. um, I had a friend that lived out there at the time. Mm -hmm. So we met up with him. He's gay as well. Mm -hmm. And we were like, right, we'll go around. We'll have a look at this place. He was like, right, this is where all the gay clubs are. We'll go here. Mm -hmm. And there were two that we went to. There was a karaoke bar, which was just a fun time. (laughs) And there was another one, which was clearly, like, oriented towards gay men. Mm -hmm. There was... um, there was like a stripper in in like a little like box in the wall with a glass panel and it was it was like a little shower box mm-hmm. and he was stripping, there was a shower going on. I think me and the friend that I went with were the only two women in there. And then we tried to find another place because we didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. in that space. Everywhere else on the street um, had no women allowed posters and they were like laminated blue tacked on the doors, not there in the day, they just put them up at night. Mm-hmm which felt so bizarre to me. It felt so backwards. I've never seen anything like that before. That's scary. 
Like, I ended up having to Google at some point, like, bars in Paris that allow gay people in them, like, on that mm. particular street. And there were two, and it was the two places that we'd already been. Mm. And I thought, like, how is, like, first of all, Paris, the city where everyone's like, yeah, we're so open, like, this everything's thing, fine That probably here. is a bar there where all the lesbians go, yeah. but it's not going to be on Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's so hard to figure out as someone that had been there for, at that point, like, eight hours. Yeah. Like hanging out with a gay mate who's not going to go to a place like that. Parisian lesbian info. Yeah, but like I'm going to try and make it my thing to go every year so that I can go to the photo fair and keep going. But like I want to go out and have a fun time, and I don't want to be not allowed into a place. That is insane. Yeah, no, it was absolutely crazy. I was like, I don't know. I felt like I'd been like punched. I was like, this isn't a thing that I've ever seen. This is yeah so bizarre to me. It's really annoying because like I think people think that Leeds has like a really good gay scene. Yeah, because it has like that strip that has all the gay bars on but it's like i don't know any like women or any trans people that actually go to those bars yeah because it isn't a good environment and it doesn't feel safe and it's Mm. also just not fun because it's so like clear how not for you it is yeah and it's just um, like before viaduct had its like big renovation so i've not been since then Mm -hmm. i've Um, actually been that one time yeah i went one time when I was in my first year, they had, they still had the gendered toilets. I know mm-hmm. that they've got a um, gender neutral one now. Mm-hmm. But my friend who was in like the like starter phase of transitioning, mm-hmm. um, she was wearing a dress and went into the female toilets. Mm-hmm. And then a bouncer had like watched her go in, mm-hmm. came out, pulled her by the back of a dress and was like, get in those toilets and like pointed towards the male toilets. I was like, this place. Like, they've got yeah. a trans flag on the ceiling. At that point, they had a trans flag on the ceiling. It's like, yeah. you can't... You know, that's unbelievable. It's really sad. It's like, you basically... Like, if Wharf shut down, I literally wouldn't have anywhere to go out. Yeah, I'd exactly. literally be fucked. <laughs> like, discovering Wharf was honestly one of the best things. Like, I Wharf I is I such a nice I literally space. didn't find out about it until, like, two years ago. Mm. And I only found out because I was dating someone who worked there. I yeah. could have just gone, like, years without... No, because I, like, didn't really have, like, a gay scene, like, in Leeds, even though I was, like, trying to find it. Yeah. Because it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, you can't find it if you Google it. Yeah, no, the gay scene in Leeds is is bizarre. Like, Tunnel um, is very catered towards straight... uh, Not straight Mm -hmm. men. Gay men. (laughs) (laughs) Gay cis men. Um, Viaduct is the same. And then the New Penny. I've never been there. The New Penny is a horrible place. Everyone says that. We were there for a few hours at that point I'd been harassed by like four or five old men Mm -hmm. and I like at first I was like right it's safe I'm fine I like I'm aware of how gay bars works I've lived in Manchester Mm -hmm. my whole life um and then I went there and everyone there was like old men Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like go for it if you want to go there if you're an old man and you want to go out go out but like there are so many more spaces to go if you're a straight old man Mm -hmm. than the new penny which has a rainbow flag on the door and they're very explicitly like we're a gay club but like i don't think i've ever heard anyone speak like highly of the new penny that's actually queer it's my dream to like win loads of money and open like a very femme gay bar yeah where it's very clean that is an idea and the toilets are really nice it's got nice sofas (laughs) yeah like comfy chairs yeah that's that's what we need. And cocktails. Like my <laughs> only complaint about Wharf is like, why are there no nice drinks? <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to be like having a high fam like Cosmo moment. <laughs> I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I'll have a beer. We'll pitch the ideas <laughs> then. <laughs> uh, we need 
more like just nice queer spaces. It's so fucked that there's like one bar. Oh, I know. Like straight people really don't get it. Yeah, there's one bar that's underneath the train tracks. <laughs> it's like <laughs> literally up a in the gutter by the bus station. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no wharf though. It's it's one of the absolute gems. If I wouldn't have found Wolf, I would have been so bored. Yeah. Also, Wolf is like the one place where you can like literally have your tits out and no one will harass you. Oh, I know. There's no rules in Wolf. Like, that is a beautiful moment. I like the sort of policy that they've got as well. It's like, if anyone feels uncomfortable, if there's anyone doing anything a bit weird, just tell us and we'll get them out. Yeah. And they are good at that. Because like, I think the problem with a lot of straight clubs and like why I would never like go to a straight club again is because the bouncers aren't actually there to help anyone. Yeah, like, cause if someone is, like, harassing you in a club and you say to them, like, oh, this guy, like, is harassing me, they're not going to be, like... Even if they do kick him out, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, we'll make a note of it. Yeah, you both get kicked out. (laughs) Okay, I feel like we should end. Yeah, that's all good. I've covered all my shit. (laughs) Great, thank you for coming on my podcast. Oh, it's good, it's been fun, I liked it.